Alex, I feel, I feel things. How are you? <laughs> I feel, I know, I'm alive. I, I, I'm alive by Sia. Download it. It's amazing. Um, but I just say, I'm saying I feel things because this is episode 10. Didn't, doesn't Sia have a film that's very <gasps> controversial right now because of, you, you opened the door. <laughs> I know I opened the door, I'm, uh, but I'm also a Sia stan, so like, we're, that may be a GCBC. I'm a uh, Sia stan. It's not a GCBC because I'm not a member of the community, so I'm not educated enough on that, but I, I mean, know I've either. seen the chat, I have seen the, the chatter, and it seems like she maybe hasn't been as open in... Yeah. Having the the conversations, I too though I will tell you what the Hamilton mixtape, her version. Of I'm sorry, Sadist. satisfied. It's my go to when I literally serious? feel down. When I'm like, oh, I'm going to the gym, but I don't really want to. Guess what I do? I load up Sia's version of Satisfied, <laughs> and I'm like, I load up. I literally, I'm like, I remember that night. I just might. I remember that night. I just might. Like it's it's my jam. Have you seen the reaction video? Okay, so when they were creating the mixtape, have you seen Jonathan Gross' reaction video when Miranda played that for him okay. the first time? Yeah, the answer is yes. I've, okay, I'm sorry. Because I've seen, <laughs> first of all, you incorporated two very gay things, Hamilton and Jonathan Groff. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, yeah, I've seen them both. <laughs> but it's just the sweetest, it's purest the thing, sweetest. the way you react. Oh, it's the sweetest, purest thing. Um, hi, welcome to OK But Like. This is episode 10, and this is a podcast where Alex and I talk about all things pop culture and political. And, um, you know, it's a little recap of the week in the world. And I'm Andrew. And I'm Alex. And we're going to talk about some things. But to get us rolling, Alex, I was thinking about something today that I want to just, like, ask you. Ask away. Okay, so what is something that people do that is harmless, right? Like, harmless. I'm not talking about, like, substantial. What's something that people do that's harmless but, like, is really unacceptable? I mean, one man's harmless, though, is another's harmful. I know, but what I'm saying is, like, literally no one dies, loses their job, or gets, like, put on the street. I have an immediate answer Uh, to this. Oh, tell me. Go. And it is when one is in the Chick-fil-A drive-thru, as one can be. I'm obsessed. Keep going. At this point, I feel like every Chick-fil-A is multi-lane. Like, I can't think of the last time I went to a Chick-fil-A that was not multi-lane okay remember when like pete Buttigieg was confirmed as the the secretary of transportation and i'm like is he going to call chick-fil-a's corporate headquarters and ask them how to run their drive-thrus because that's how we need to run our airports our uh trains our mega buses like chick-fil-a's got it down well i don't remember that but i do remember going "Mm, is he qualified for that job (laughs) but nonetheless (laughs) I knew that you would throw a very acidic (laughs) dagger. I knew you would do that. When you are in your lane and they kindly take your order, as they do in a cult-like fashion. It is explanatory. And they go, you are going to be behind the the maroon sedan here. Right. And I go, cool, no problem. But then – I try to get behind that maroon sedan, and the other person just tries to cut me off. Cut you off. As if like, they weren't told, you're behind that gray SUV. They got to get their food first. Told. No, I know. 
this is also why I find it very difficult to adhere to the Chick-fil-A tradition of paying for the person behind you. Because I would. It's impossible. It's impossible. I would, but they make it impossible with their behavior and their looks and their bumper stickers or whatever happens. (laughs) (laughs) So I would say that I'm obsessed that that was your answer because guess what? My answer is also related to fast food. (laughs) (laughs) Which I just think says a lot. So do you want to know what my answer is? Yes. Yes, I do. I think it is unacceptable socially, morally, ethically. I think it's unacceptable that you're going to have a situation where you are at a fast food restaurant, particularly in the drive-thru, and that you are going to write a fucking online review about your negative experience. (laughs) (laughs) That is not what fat, it's fast food. Like in the title, it implies there's not, this is not an experience. Okay, listen, like, oh, you're going to have a, you're going to wait too long, so you're going to write a review, or the the order was not right, so you're going to, like, all of those things absolutely are inconveniences, but don't you think it's, like, social contract shit that where you're like, okay, I accept. <laughs> <laughs> we have accepted that the trade, there's trade-offs. There's a trade-off if you choose to shop with Amazon. There's a trade-off <laughs> if you choose to shop with Walmart. There's a trade-off if, if you, you choose to pull your car into Taco Bell. To, right. And it's super inconvenient, right, when they forget my straw. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> you know? I mean, you went light. Just, you went, you went light. Yeah, I mean, they're going to forget your straw. Like, that's awful. However, if they forget my chalupa, like, yeah, I'm upset. That happens. Oh, it happens. And it has happened. But I'm also not going to, like, hop on the internet. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get on Al Gore's internet acting like Yeah, this. like, like, come on. On don't like. Do you agree? It's utterly ridiculous. I can't imagine. I can't imagine. Like it would, the the level of what would have to happen, and it would be beyond a review. Like I'd have to find a finger in my chalupa, <laughs> and then we're not talking online review, right? We're talking. I need corporate Go up information. The chain. Yes. <laughs> yes. Like tell me the owner. I need to talk to Mr. Bell, and I need to talk to him now. <laughs> Because someone's missing a finger and it's in my chalupa. <laughs> right. But like to your point, I yeah, no, that's utterly ridiculous. It's dumb. Okay, but okay. This is okay, but like, and we always start our show with crazy shit we heard this week, and I cannot wait to hear your headline. Spill it. Okay. Mine is AI chatbots can bring you back from the dead, sort of. <gasps> That is so good, and I have not heard anything about this story, and I'm obsessed. Are you ready for mine? Yes. Mine is Pennsylvania woman linked to alien reptile cult must stay in jail for killing her boyfriend, court declares. I don't. (laughs) What? (laughs) How complicated. How complicated is that headline? That lead had too many words. Too many nonsense words. Yeah, we should talk about that. But um, maybe the AI chatbots is a larger conversation because it's pretty interesting because the core of it is this idea that we are creating a digital footprint that when it's all added up, creates who we are, right? If you took together your Google searches and all of your emails and your text messages and your social media presence, it would be you as a person. And do these companies also own all of that? Do they own you, essentially? And can they use it to create a a digital profile that 
into like an imaginary person. Okay, listen, I am actually, when I said I'm obsessed with it, I, I am obsessed with this because I would be remiss if I didn't do a shout out. So my buddy Nate, who is a playwright, he is incredible. He wrote a play about this, right? Because what happens is, is when you die, your digital footprint is becomes a memorial, right? Like you've seen the Facebook pages where it's like right. remembering XYZ and it's, that is, it's really quite complicated. Do you want to talk about that or do you want to talk about my alien woman? No, because I think this could actually be a larger conversation. Yes. And there's also a reference point. There's a Black Mirror episode. Oh, that uh, is yes. this. Okay, let's, let's table this because I do think it's a bigger episode. And let me tell you about this Pennsylvania woman who is linked to an alien reptile cult who must stay jailed for <laughs> killing her boyfriend. I cannot. Okay, well, I'll tell you about it. So um, this uh, source is um, penlive.com, which is out of Pennsylvania. It's the real-time news. And a Pennsylvania woman who claimed that she was under the influence of an evil alien reptile cult when she shot and killed her boyfriend will stay locked up in prison on Earth for a while, according Not to the judge. Does it say on it Earth? Does. This sh- ridiculous shadiness. Okay. Now, this <laughs> reptile cult, is it the Democrat Party? <laughs> it it it's the Illuminati, but um, it literally says a state superior court panel ensured that by upholding the third degree murder conviction and fifteen to forty year jail term of forty six year old Barbara Rogers in the Pocono Mountain Regional Police of Pennsylvania, they said that on July fifteenth, uh, Rogers, an Army veteran who had been discharged for medical reasons, placed the muzzle. Oh, uh, of- that's vague. Oh, super vague, and it's intentional because guess what she did? She placed the muzzle of a pistol against the forehead of Stephen Mineo. He was 32 in the apartment that they cohabitated together and pulled the trigger. She then called 911. Rogers disclosed that she and Mineo were members of a religious cult. Senior Judge John Musamano wrote in the court opinion denying Rogers' appeal. Roger stated that she and Mineo had recently become upset with the leader of the cult who believed that Rogers was actually a reptilian humanoid creature. Roger and Mineo. What in the world? This is all happening in Pennsylvania? Well, girl, this is like legit a story because Roger and Mineo's issues with the cult had caused tension in their relationship. Rogers also <laughs> I stated can't imagine. she c- killed Mineo because Mineo wanted her she wa- I'm sorry. Okay, so she killed Mineo because Mineo wanted her to kill him and that she was under a large amount of stress because of her demands in the cult. Wait. I okay. Someone has lost their life. They're all it also is so crazy that you get to like is there mental illness here? But the idea of a couple and they're having conversations and it's like, "Listen, you know I'm stressed out. The demands of my role in the cult have really been it, that's what? I I know, but like listen, she also claimed that prosecutors should have permitted to use statements that she made previously to police after killing after the killing because she was um psychologically incapable at the time of giving a trustworthy account of what had happened because of the influence of the cult. The oddity of Roger's case was summed up in a recap by the county judge and cited later in court. Evidence was presented at trial that showed that Rogers and Mineo had a tumultuous relationship in the weeks leading up to the shooting. The evidence showed that Rogers and Mineo were a part of a religious group. And religious is in quotes, which I thought was super interesting in terms of journalism. Because then it goes on to say that there was evidence that this group was, in fact, more of a cult 
a Shriner-like mentality that had immense control over the majority of the devotees. You could make an argument that all organized religion is a cult of some form. I know, but I just think from a perspective in terms of craziest shit that this article that I read literally said that evidence was provided that it showed that the, they were they were in fact a member of a religious group and that the group in fact was more of a cult than a religion. That is interesting to me to include in like a court case. And who who decides who the, deci- that's the difference between the two? Right. I want to know more about the organization. I got to be honest. Was there a name for no. this organization? No, there wasn't. Which I'm like, girl. This- what if, in fact, they're the right ones? And we're just all living, you know, with with rose-colored glasses. With Maybe rose they're right. Glasses. Well, it closes by saying that um, Shriner describes herself as a messenger of the Most High God. And that in... Okay. In America right now, there is a belief that there is a race of um, sentient, devil-worshipping, shape-shifting reptile humanoids from outer space, and they have infiltrated human civilization. They operate through mind control and body snatching, and these reptilian humanoids seek to install totalitarian world government so that they can bring about the rule of an antichrist-like figure. Here's what I know. I'm willing to convert if the body I can snatch is Rihanna's. Oh, GCBC is going through an evolution tonight. Exciting. (laughs) Exciting. So Alex and I are going to do something different tonight, listeners. So episode 10, what we decided is there's like this cute, there's like just this cute little thing that goes around where people do lists, right? Like, oh, you know, my favorite top 10 movies, my favorite top 10 blah, blah, blah. It's a listicle. It's a listicle. So we're going to like do it and subvert it. So Alex and I are going to do this and it might become a part of the okay, but like, lexicon probably because we're gonna have fun um tonight for gcbc we are going to talk about the top five celebrities for each of us in which we think that y'all are sleeping on so who are these top five celebrities that like you don't acknowledge how hot they are (laughs) i was gonna say you do have to make it clear it's not sleeping on in terms of their talent it's us saying, <laughs> I need you to pay closer attention to what this person does to, to you know, to the lady parts. To, Let's just be to, honest. To all of our lady parts and, and like, our deepest, dark, dark, deepest, darkest thoughts. And also, let's be clear. Alex and I are great people. We're not trying to objectify anyone. However, it is fun to, like, giggle and talk about who's super sexy. Isn't it fun? It's fun. I think it's fun. Also, I don't have anyone on my list that I don't think is like enormously talented and deserves all the credit in the world and yada, yada, yada. But I am also a Scorpio and I mm. feel passionately. I'm obsessed with that. Scorpios are my favorite because I am a cancer. And so our lists are going to be very different. Okay. Now we're going five to, to one. Five to one. Right. I'll do one. You'll do one. We'll move on to the next. And we'll move on to the next. And just to be clear, these are like just, and we'll maybe talk about it because no, there's no maybe. We're definitely going to talk about why we picked (laughs) these people, right? So let's do it. Let's roll it out. do it. Alex, who is your number five? Who are we sleeping on? 
my number five is not only specific to the individual, it's specific to a role. It is James Spader in Secretary. Ooh. Okay. It's, it's a category, friend. It is a category. Okay, I know this movie very well. I know this movie very well. I do not think James Spader is sexy, but James Spader in Secretary is very sexy. And I don't feel like we talk about it enough. I agree. Tell us more. Tell us more. Why did he land on your list of everyone? I. <laughs> Here's the thing. I don't know that one has to talk. I feel like you either get that or you don't. <laughs> I don't feel like I can explain it to you. There's energy, friend. There's energy. <laughs> I love energy. I get it. I get it. I get it completely. If you're listening and you don't know James Spader in uh, Secretary, Google it, right? Don't you say just Google it? I think you have to Google it. And it's Secretary is one of those films, though, that I feel like I have brought up to people. And then they'll go, oh, yeah, I remember. You know, like people know of the film. Yeah, but do they not talk about it yet? Or have they I feel like we're just not talking about it. Well, that's why I say this is perfect. That was a great choice. Can I tell you my number five? Yes, go. My number five, hear me out, is none other than late night talk show host Craig Ferguson. You know I like an accent. Who doesn't? Well, he's got the accent. He's got the height. He's got the smile. I would argue, regardless of... You're saying he has the height. <laughs> well, that matters to me. I'm sorry. I do like a tall boy. But no, no, no. It's not even about that. I just... Ar- I would argue that he's actually physically quite striking. And I don't feel like people Striking talk- is a strong term. I stand by it. I stand by it. <laughs> it's a strong term. I used it. I meant it. I I said what I said. <laughs> I feel like I've touched on this before with you, but um, in the same way that he would have like an appeal is Ray Romano's appeal. I get it. I totally get it. Ray Romano is a daddy. I don't care. Well, you'll see my list, girl. We're coming up because, by the way, spoiler alert. <laughs> There's a theme. There's a theme, and the theme is daddy. But listen, Craig Ferguson, no joke. And did you see, okay, I'm sorry. Did you watch um, Freeing Britney Spears? No. is I feel like it's a whole conversation we need to have because I also read another article today about how trash Justin Timberlake is, and I have felt oh, that trash. way for a while, and oh. it's finally coming around. Well, he's trash as well, but – the one thing that I'm obsessed with is, like, everyone's talking about this Britney documentary, which, if you haven't seen it, watch it. It's worth it. Um, there was a Craig Ferguson interview where he literally refused. He refused pretty admirably. He was like, I'm not going to talk shit about Britney. She's going through some shit. And it literally gave me a chubby. This is the second time that you have used the word chubby. Because and I feel like we have hit the quota. No, because guess what? We're only on <laughs> We're only on five. Yeah. We're only on okay. five. So we're still in chubby mode. We're not getting to full up <laughs> bone. <laughs> Are we ready for number four? We're number ready for number four. Who's your number four? I'm so curious. Okay. My number four is not about how stunning this woman is because she is. There's just no way to see it otherwise. I think the issue of why she doesn't get the shine she deserves is proximity. And my number four is Kelly Rowland. Okay. Proximity should be, and no joke, Proximity should be Kelly Rowland's 
bio- like autobiography title. She is stunning uh, with a capital S T. No of, doubt. Kind of perfect, actually, in terms of physicality. And not even to say that even when she is, you know, standing with Beyonce, she's not any less stunning. It's just no. Beyonce is over there like glowing. I mean, she's like she's <laughs> it's a lot. I know like Beyonce's like the creature on Mars. Kelly Rowland is like the creature in heaven, you know? Like, oh, that was a good, that's a good choice. So wait, wait, what's your favorite Kelly Rowland, Kelly Rowland moment? Okay, see, this is unfair because the favorite Kelly Rowland, Rowland moment is that song that she had with Nelly. Was it Dilemma? Yes, and it was. And they were texting Dile- each other oh in Excel. I stand for Dilemma. No yes. matter what, what I, I do. do. Yes. And think about my boo. I will perform oh, no, it for you. That was my jam. I will perform it for you right now. That still to this day is that oh, jam. I literally skated to that. I skated to it with like a girlfriend. You know, I, what is your number four? Because I cannot. <laughs> I am just like hung up on your Kelly Rowland because I'm into it. Okay, I'm sorry. My number four is a little controversial because. He's a trash human. It happens. I feel like, I, let me tell you something right now. I don't understand why when they were handing out personality, they didn't always necessarily do it even with dick. Trash <laughs> dick is the best dick. Don't act like it's not. That's my, speaking of autobiographies. Okay, I'm sorry. My number four is Conor McGregor. Oh, yeah, he's trash. <laughs> <laughs> But here's the thing. I think people think he's hot. Nope. Nope, they don't. People think he's hot. Well, me, Andrew, thinks he's hot. I don't think other people think he's hot. I have told people that I'm like, Conor McGregor could get it. And they were like, eh, what? Yeah, probably because I feel bad. I shouldn't go around just saying people are trash. I've said Justin Timberlake and Conor McGregor were trash, and I shouldn't talk about people that way. Uh, No disposable people, as you and I have covered. Yeah. Throwback. How, do you however, actually literally I think, think they're responding to that, but they're not responding to the physicality because let's be honest, like again, straight up caveman, cavewoman stuff. He has a raw sexuality. He no has, doubt. He has a, and it's about his athleticism. It's about his physicality. It's about that jawline. It's about that stupid accent. It is about his eyes. It's about like, I'm sorry. <laughs> it's like, the whole package for you. I'm sorry. I need to like retire for a moment because Conor McGregor, listen, if Conor McGregor was like a. Get my fainting couch. <laughs> if Conor McGregor was an amazing human, if he was like doing humanitarian work, the world would not stop him because he is a fucking force. I wonder, can you be a fighter like that and be an amazing human being? Because I think of like boxers, there's always no. like a problematic nature, yeah, no. you know, to their the personal lives. No. And and I would also argue that extends to football. Sorry, that's transgressive. But like, if we're... You know condi- what? It extends though to lots of things. In terms of being successful at something, right? For the most part, presidents have been trash, totally, right? If you if totally. you become the CEO of like a Fortune 500 company, are you a great person? Oh my god, like, I that's think these pathways. We need a table. We need a table it because I think that's an amazing GCBC. Is like, um, does do you have to compromise something to become something, right? 
Yeah, and no perfect people are out here. Okay. Okay, number tell me three. your tell me your number No, your number f- Oh wait. No, I did number four. It was Miss yeah, Kelly Rowan. We're on three. to three. You're number three. Yeah. Okay. You're gonna have to forgive me because I I this in of itself is gonna be an expression in Western supremacy, no doubt. Um because if I butcher his name, I'm so sorry. And I literally was like, I know how to say this name. It's Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, you said his name quite sexy. I think you will love this. I love him so much. Okay, I think that maybe there are plenty of people that don't have name recognition of him. Yes, yeah, so let's pause. Let's pause and give him the IMDb. They know you know who he is. Um, obviously, we know him from uh, Get Out. Get Out. Obviously, yep. he is Ugh. also the uh, I like to say the Rhino Herder. In yes. um, Black yes. Panther. That's, yes, that's perfect. He was like the shepherd. <laughs> He's the rhino shepherd, yes. And again, super striking. Also, his love interest. Are you joking? Oh, my God. I'm just saying, but I would watch it. I'm just I mean, saying. <laughs> I would buy it. I w- <laughs> <laughs> but I don't think people talk about him. As being super sexy, and I think he is. I would argue that motherfucker is sexy as shit. <laughs> <laughs> that was a great choice. Oh my god! So my third, my three. Yes, go. Okay, this is super broy, but um, do you watch golf? No, not since like Tiger. You know, like when everyone was watching it. Well, well, the conversation about it. So my three is his name is Brooks Kepka. Okay, I'm supposed to know who this is, right? No, you don't have to know who he is, but you could literally Google him, which everyone who's listening should, because I promise you, if you are listening, Google Brooks Kepka and then just pause our fucking podcast so that you can just, like, smile. Like, homeboy is stunning. He's strength training. I'm looking at okay. some images now. Yes, you are. Like, do you see his forearms? Do you see his biceps? Do you <laughs> yeah, see his is- neck? This is not just treadmill work. No, Queen. No, Queen. I think that Brooks Kepka, no joke, is like pretty, pretty attractive. He was number one in the world, so I probably should know who he uh, well, is. Well, I mean, listen, I know that people know who he is. I didn't necessarily. I caught a news story about Brooks Kepka, and I was like, <gasps> who is this human? And I saw it, and I loved it. So he recently, this is so funny. So he recently had a come from behind victory at a tournament that was called the Waste Management Phoenix Open. Okay, get a sponsor in there. The Waste Management. <laughs> Girl, listen, Brooks Kepka could get my waste management. Sorry. Well, here's, what, here's what's most important. It says he snaps, he snapped sets of clubs over his knee, not once, but twice, like out of frustration. And of course, I, my ass immediately goes to, I want somebody to see. Snap me up for their knee. <laughs> Snap my clubs, Brooks Kapka. Okay, oh next. Gosh. Go, go. Okay, set up on this one. Set, I'm just going to tell you. What number, what number is it? Oh, we're at number two. We're at number two. We're getting down to we're the kidding. wire. <laughs> Get it as the end. We have anticipation we have two more choices. Okay, my number two, uh, it's Rachel McAdams. And I'm going to explain why. Picture it. Tell your Colorado 2005. 
<laughs> okay. I used to live in Telluride. Telluride has an amazing film festival that um, has oh, had I like might, whatever. I Something might like have heard six, of it. <laughs> I know. Something like six or seven of the last Bex picture winners like premiered at Telluride. It's, it's no yes. joke. What's amazing yeah. about the Telluride Film Festival is the access. The town is extraordinarily small. The year-round population is like a couple of thousand people. It is very so you've small. Li- you've attended. I've been blessed to attend multiple times because we Oh, so your experience with Rachel McAdams on your list is directly related to your experience, yeah? It's proximity. It's related okay. to proximity. So you what's amazing take, about take the film festival church. is not only that the town is very small and has remained pretty small, honestly, it's full of like privilege and elitism because it's really hard to get to Telluride. It is yep. a journey, to say and the it's least. it's like really white. It... <laughs> Yeah, yeah, that that might be another GCBC. I mean, call it, it's, yeah, it's white. Okay. I mean, I could never afford to go to Telluride. That might be another GCBC because when my family moved, we literally, like, doubled the population, I'm not joking, of, like, year-round black community members. Also, there were two black guys that lived in town, and one of them once posted to, like, the Telluride Facebook, like, you know, the resident group, and said, this is the one guy, and this is me. We are not the same person. And the way I laughed at the uncomfortable liberal whites. Rachel McAdams. I'm 100% (laughs) serious. Okay, that's definitely another GCBC. Tell me about Rachel McAdams. So the amazing thing about this film festival is the access, because you can walk past the town park, and there will be a panel, and it'll include Meryl Streep. And she is on a panel just talking to people about her. It, it is, it's absurd, the oh, level and what that. you can experience. So I was coming out of a film, and I saw, <laughs> I saw obsessed with you. Rachel McAdams walk by, and she was so pretty. And I, again, I don't, I want, she, but she was so pretty that she looked like she looks in films. And I know that sounds ridiculous, but it is a natural beauty that I was just like, I literally was taken aback. I am obsessed with that. I love that. Whatever people think of Rachel McAdams, I'm like, no, 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 no. She's an angel. Yeah, wait, do people think things about her? I think like from the notebook, I think people accept that she's, you know, a, a beautiful actress. But I just, and again, you and I are just talking aesthetics here. I mean, Mean Girls. She was Regina George. I was just like, oh, my God. I love it. I love it. Perfect. Okay, so ready for my number two? Yes. Okay, no one knows who this is, which is why I picked him. So this motherfucker's name is Ed Quinn. Do you know who Ed Quinn is? I have no idea who Ed Quinn is. I'm so sorry. I know I know you don't, and which is why I picked him. So he was on Two Broke Girls. He was on Mistress. He was on One Day at a Time. He's he a face your... that you know but not a name. Is it that oh, sort of actor? One, yes, 100%. So if I showed you a picture of him, you'd be like, oh, I watched True Blood. Which I'm going to pull him up right now. Pull him up right now. So Homeboy is like 52. He's also like 6'4". Okay, this is ridiculous. I don't like that you picked this part. This person is clearly super attractive. Okay, but that's why I picked him, Alex, because listen, no one knows how attractive he is. But he is. I'm looking at him. He's like okay, one but, half of okay, 1% of but whatever. But the, assign- the assignment was who are people sleeping on? And I <laughs> but am people saying- don't talk about him enough, you're saying. 
Exactly. I would say literally no exaggeration. Like we live in a world which is super kooky, super crazy. Ed Quinn. How is there someone who looks like Ed Quinn? Pause. Google him. How is there someone who looks like Ed Quinn that we're not actively talking about? I'm confused. (laughs) I am confused. I am dismayed. I am befuddled. I feel like this is the kind of actor that is so good looking that do you think it might affect the roles he gets? He's too good looking. I think you might be right. He like might be like, honestly, like if I had to like diagnose it with John Hamm, who is like my number one. I will not even. I can't. I can't talk about John (laughs) Hamm. Oh, well, I will. I will because, like, I'm not going to say the word chubby again because it doesn't apply to John Hamm because full-out boner. But John Hamm – okay, Ed Quinn. I'm sorry. He's my number two. Google him. Google him. And some actors have been able to break out of that because I would say in that category of, like, oh, you're too attractive, Bradley Cooper, when he's – Oh. Is very attractive. We know Ryan Gosling is very attractive. But they seem okay. to have been able to figure out a way, right, to not be, like – um, maybe pigeonholed or whatever. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, you're you're totally right. But like Bradley Cooper is different. Okay. We need to get on back on track because <laughs> you are spiraling into Andrew's like my like Achilles heel. So Bradley Cooper's Georgetown your... alumni. He's oh, also he's also right. like he's learned. <laughs> well, he is learned, but he's also like delicious. <laughs> are we at one? We're at your we're at your one girl. Okay, my one is Killian Murphy. Oh, oh! I'd like to oh. talk about it. <laughs> I need you to talk about it because I'm just gonna be real with you, girl. I do not agree. You don't think that Mr. Mm. Killian? <laughs> we're gonna make noises. Have you seen Peaky Blinders? <laughs> <laughs> like, are you familiar? With I'm the work? Not, okay, my best my best buddy in the whole world, his name is Patch. Love him. Shout out to Patch. He's going to listen. He asks me, like, literally twice a week, have you watched Peaky Blinders yet? And I'm okay, like, no, so I you haven't. don't know the work. You're not coming no, from do. the same knowledge I base. I know Killian Murphy was in. No, I know who he is. But Here's continue. where Killian Murphy falls. Have you ever, in the middle of the night, awoken in your slumber? You know, sometimes you wake up and, like, I'm thirsty. Or I'm old. I got to go to the restroom. Whatever it is, you wake up from your slumber and <laughs> you, you say, better stop. And you, you say, I feel, stop. Like, I feel like there's a world where I could have been the girlfriend <laughs> of like a drug lord or a Mexican cartel. You know what I'm saying? That okay, is Killian listen. Murphy in Peaky Blinders, where I feel like I could have been his girlfriend and we could have ruled with an iron fist. You don't understand. I, no, I do understand because I often think I'm like, could I be a mobster's girlfriend? Right. <laughs> could I be a Gumar? Yes, I could. So, <laughs> so is it Killian Murphy as an actor or is it Killian Murphy in Peaky Blinders? I do think I find him really hot in Peaky Blinders because he's also terrible with vulnerable, which is a thing. They're always terrible, but somehow vulnerable, and that's what draws yeah. you in or whatever. It's also literally what I talk to my therapist about. <laughs> terrible but vulnerable is the name of terrible, my upcoming vulnerable. I'm like, oh, he was terrible but also kind of vulnerable. <laughs> <laughs> so that's classic. No, I just think I, I do. I think he's sexy. I think he's sexy as the scarecrow. Just do. Oh, he, okay, 
Scarecrow's like besides Poison Ivy is my favorite Batman villain. He's creepy. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe that's maybe that's what what I'm into. So that's my I, one. I'm into I'm into it. Are you ready for my number one? I'm ready. Oh, I'm sorry, and I will not apologize for this. My number one, 100, is Trevor Noah. <laughs> that's your number one. 100. I think he's traditionally good looking. He is super good looking, but the question was. Who are we sleeping on? Yeah, I don't think people go around thinking he's like a sex symbol. I have never literally to this day, Twitter, Instagram, I've never heard anyone say like, my panties are wet for Trevor Noah. (laughs) But homegirl, I had to call a plumber because my basement's flooded. I I will say, so one, I think think that he's a good looking guy. I would have said that I, I think that people. Okay. Except okay, that he's a that. good looking guy, but hold up. Okay. I, you said it. Is way it also casually. I do, but I think he's to me, he's an average good looking guy. Not like over the top. It's like, oh yeah, of course that's a really, you know, good looking guy. Is it also mixed in this uh his comedic angle? His company's very smart. I find his perspective in not being, you know, born in America to be yeah. really insightful in the same way that I feel about John Oliver. Like, I feel like some of yeah. our best oh, commentary totally. is coming from, you know, people who weren't born into this Yeah, disaster. yeah, yeah. But, but do you also agree that, like, I sometimes think that people don't think that comedians are sexy. Or the ones that they do. Like, do you remember, oh, my goodness, what is his name? Um, was it something Dane or Dane something? Oh, Dane Cook. Yes, he was like the sexy comedian. Do you remember that? Oh, what a okay. time. For for literally like three seconds before you like was a cokehead bullshit asshole. Okay, but that's true of every comedian. That's evergreen. Not, not Trevor Noah. <laughs> <laughs> so, I'm okay. That's a funny okay. question though, right? Because I don't think you can be super funny without being super damaged. I would argue that that is... Not oh I I agree with you I agree with you I do think that damage creates content I feel like we should move away from a world where that's true super successful people yes. as we touched on right okay girl so I feel oh like my god next up top five breakfast cereals <laughs> okay maybe breakfast meals but like let's close this out real quick let's recap. We're going to do a recap because, okay, your number five is who? James Spader, specific to secretary. Secretary, um, great choice. My number five is Craig Ferguson, and he is all out Scottish daddy. Who's your number four? Miss Kelly Rowland. I'm a survivor. I will never, ever, ever overlook Kelly Rowland. Um, my number four is Connor McGregor. <laughs> Who's your number three? <laughs> Daniel Kaluuya. Oh, so sexy. My number three is Brooks Kepka, golfer. <laughs> Who's your number two? Rachel McAdams. Who you met? Who you met? Okay, uh, I did not two... meet. I saw across a parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> Fair. It's fine. My number two is Ed Quinn. Google him. You don't know who he is, but please Google him and take a moment to masturbate. But okay, who's your number Sir. one? I'm sorry. We're allowed to say the word masturbate. We're adults. 
How how dare you sully this top five? <laughs> Killian Murphy. Killian Murphy against, ladies and gentlemen, or weigh in on our fucking Instagram. Oh, Trevor we haven't even announced Noah. our Instagram that we have one now. Oh, we will. We we're gonna talk about Instagram. We're gonna talk about Twitter. We're gonna talk about we're gonna talk about all. Okay, your number one is Killian Murphy. My number one is Trevor Noah. That was a good list. that did you love Do that we even need joy corner i feel like that was the joy corner. that was the joy corner but no but that was like okay again i'm just gonna reiterate that was not objectifying that was not like meat market that was just us having fun everyone needs to have a little bit of meat fun market. <laughs> i do try to say the word meat i think you're lot. allowed to have fun I literally have told my coworker. i have a coworker specifically who i say i'm like hey by the way you're allowed to have fun like you're just allowed to have fun in this world <laughs> Are we not allowed to have fun? We're allowed to have fun. Do you have something that brought you a ton of joy <laughs> this week? I have something that brought me so much joy this week. And I hope you're ready for it. I hope you're ready. I'm not, just based on that setup. Can I go first or do you want to go first? No, you go. Okay, Alex. You know how I work at a bookstore. <laughs> so I am familiar. <laughs> So I have to, like, interact with customers and, like, shelf books and whatever, whatever. So I was um, – are you familiar with this term in the gay community? <laughs> you know, in the gay community, we have a zoo. We have a zoo of all sorts of animal types. Bear, otter. It, she knows. She knows. <laughs> so there was this man shopping in – my bookstore and I was like doing my daily rounds and I saw him and I was like, Oh, he is what my community would call a bear. Like he had, okay. Okay. He had like a, a thick, he had a thick T H I C C body and like a good beard and whatever. And I was like, okay, okay, daddy, daddy's shopping. Daddy turns around and he has this shirt on Alex. Are you ready for the shirt? No. Me neither. Ah! He has this shirt on, and I quote, he just turns around, and it's a black shirt with white letters, and it says, pray before your beefy God. (laughs) (laughs) I think what's most important about that is, you know, God, just give me the confidence. Give me the confidence. That's what I thought. Wear my shirt and walk around. (laughs) I thought two things. I was like, okay. Pray before your beefy god is fucking audacious to wear. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm just trying to get up the nerve to wear my melanin popping shirt for Black History Month. <laughs> did you get? And a- he's just walking out the door, no problem. Did you get that shirt from Target? <laughs> <laughs> I saw. Shade. I saw the it. Shade I of it saw all. that shirt at Target. <laughs> you know what's funny? I didn't, but I hope that. The creator I did get it from, I hope it's the same person. Oh, if that makes you know, no, if that I hope makes they're sense. getting kicked back totally. So all that is to say is <laughs> I'm sorry, I literally was just like, I bow before you, God of beefy God. What did you what did you experience that brought you joy? I mean, well now this isn't funny. I mean, mine will not compare. <laughs> no, mine is ridiculous. 
20-year-old GameStop investor donates part of Windfall to Children's Hospital, which, I mean, just doesn't seem full of joy now with what you brought to the table. I'm sorry. I would argue that when you have a fucking uh, Wall Street stock drama. Okay, tell me. You need to tell me about it. Of which I fully do not understand still. I, I wish I could understand. I've learned a little tiny bit. <laughs> I mean, same. <laughs> the world works in way. I f- do you ever feel like something happens and you're like, I had no idea the world. This tragedy that occurred in Texas. Texas has mm. its own grid. What are you talking about? I mean, about? that's another GCB. I learn things mm. and it's just like. What? And so in this case, when they were talking about how people are purchasing stock in advance, but not really, and it doesn't take real money, and I'm like, what the hell? I'm like, specific to GameStop? I was thrown for (laughs) a loop. So this 20-year-old kid gets a windfall in GameStop. He, He cashes out, makes 30 grand, good for him. But he takes some of that, and he buys, like, Nintendo Switches and games, for a local children's hospital, and I just thought it was super sweet. Well, Good for him. He literally became a fucking devil that became an angel. So what's the story? Like, so he earned all of this money. Did he cash out? Like, I, again, I don't know how this works. Did he cash out? He just cashed out. Yeah, it sounds like he had some GameStop stock, and he said, "You know what? I'm good. <laughs> I'm out. <laughs> I'm I'm out. I'm gonna buy some things." I'm just going to buy some things for the kiddos, but I don't know. I just thought, um, I thought that that was really sweet. And the fact that you would, I don't know. I also thought it was kind of funny because I think he bought it from GameStop, which makes total sense. Or GameStop, I'm sorry. So he went to GameStop, he bought the Switches, and then marched himself over to the Children's Hospital. that's a big middle finger. I love that he cashed out. I love that he cashed out. I uh, Another GCBC, we got to talk about private equity firms and the way that they cashed out. Because this was not all about little people making money. Nowhere close. Okay, I need you I need you to do homework because what you just said to me was Mandarin Chinese. Like, I don't, I don't understand what you just said. I need to research Next it. time. We're, no, we're going to turn this into CNBC. CNBC. You and me. CNBC, Alex and Andrew, you're coming to. Okay, but listen, before we go, because we're closing out with Joy Corner, I have to tell you, because do you remember last episode when you literally called me out and you were like, I have never heard of the word Satchet before when I was talking about Lavender Fields? Yes. Okay, so my beautiful friend, Philip, his name is Philip. Call out to Philip. He knows who he is. He listens to us. He listens to every episode. He literally texts Aww, me. Thank you, Philip. Yes, thank you, Philip. He's a Brit. So when we were talking about the British baking shows, he was literally like, fuck you, assholes. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Oh, was he upset? I had someone ping me about that, too. That's yeah. over. And she was in the middle of the episode. I hadn't <laughs> finished it. And I was like, girl, we address it. Philip did as well. But listen, also, Philip told me, and he educated me, so the word sachet is actually pronounced. Are you ready for this? It's actually pronounced sachet. Oh, I could buy that. I still would not have known because I'm an uncultured bitch. And I'm also like not actually as gay as I thought I was because he said, and I quote, <laughs> call out to Philly. Philly, I love you. But he literally said it's called sachet. It rhymes with ballet. What kind of homosexual are you? <laughs> <laughs> Quick roundup. Um, follow us on Instagram. 
It's uh, at okay, but like pod. Join us over there for, for some shenanigans. Also, of course, if you can listen and subscribe wherever you are. So Spotify, Apple, wherever you're listening, subscribe. Give us a little review. We would super appreciate it. Next week, Andrew. 